0: Hello again, everyone. I'm Matt Lachlan, along with Amanda C. Stein. Hello, Maddie. How are you doing, girl?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Good to see you again.
0: Welcome, everyone, to the official Devils podcast. Amanda is Canadian by birth, very proud Canadian. Very much so. But there aren't that many Canadians in the Devils dressing room. Uh, We know the game has gone international, but very few of your fellow Canadians on this team. It's true, and I think we're
1: one of the teams with the least amount of Canadians. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that, because you make your team whatever way you want want but yeah there's not that many Canadians on the team
0: but there is one that I see you speaking <laughs> with regularly in the room and you do a little Canadian trivia with this week's guest
1: yeah it it turned into a bit of a joke in the locker room you know sometimes you're just hanging around waiting for like a guy that you want to talk to and you're just chit-chatting with one of the players and this particular player is 10 years younger than me um, also Canadian, and for some reason one day he was like, he's like, hey, test me on Canadian trivia. I was like, okay. Like, I, like, I really didn't know what to start with. And he wasn't very good. <laughs> and his stallmate next to him is an American. And I believe he got way more <laughs> of okay. the answers correct. One of the tough ones that neither of them got was um, what famous actor's father and... What famous actor's grandfather started the healthcare system in Canada?
0: The man's chance. name
1: is Tommy Douglas. Okay. And the actors are Donald and Kiefer Sutherland. Oh, there you yeah. go. So there, there you, you go. go.
0: How about this? I think you probably know this. What? Uh, some of the great Canadian voices in entertainment. Neil Young. One yes. Of the great Can- His father is in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Really, I he, did not know that he was a writer for a, I believe a Toronto newspaper, but an Ontario newspaper. And yes, Neil Young's dad is in the That's hockey really hall. That's
1: really cool. I had no idea. So we're sharing. I know a we're sharing. Trivia. And I actually I just realized Try now that one I on got Apple's. I will I will I got my trivia wrong just now. It's Do- Donald Sutherland is not the the son. It's just Kiefer who is the grandson, and it's on his mom's side. So his there, mom, you go. yeah. So there you go. Anyways. Because I know that people will point it out if I...
0: (laughs) So a little Canadian trivia to start (laughs) this week's podcast as we welcome our special guest all the way from Thunder Bay, Ontario, Mackenzie Blackwood. So
2: Mackenzie, I want to take you back to
0: draft day. What are your remembrances from when you were selected by the Devils?
2: Uh, Just remember, you know, going to the draft the first day, watching the whole first round go by kinda wasn't sure what was gonna happen there in the later picks of that, but uh didn't go that day and then the next day thought I was gonna go earlier on just from what I was told and then devils came up and I had no idea that they were even thinking about picking me and I heard my name and I was like Oh, that's cool. <laughs> <I was> kinda <laughs> kinda shocked but but it was yeah, it was awesome. I mean once I got picked and I went up there, got my jersey Met everyone, you know it was pretty exciting.
0: What rumors had you heard? What teams did you think might select you before the devils
2: came up? it, was, it seems like ages ago now, but <laughs> <laughs> um I think what I was told was like, see, this is what you're told they, everyone always says this is blah 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 and then nothing ever goes away so <laughs> but you know it worked out good for us for now, but uh I think it was Edmonton, Arizona. Sabers and maybe Philly, but who knows, right? Yeah, at this point, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Devil man, you are right. Exactly. Happy to be here too. How did you celebrate? <laughs> We're in Florida, so you know, we just kind of made a little vacation out of it. So that was pretty cool. I feel like that was a good spot to have the draft. <laughs>
1: who yeah. was there with you?
2: Uh, my family was there, basically everyone, and then uh, uh, my agent at the time uh, in junior. Uh, he does like the the juniors, mm-hmm. uh, uh, him and his son, Tyler Bertuzzi, who plays on Detroit. So they were there too. So uh, it was nice to have those guys along as well because we hung out there too and I knew him pretty good. So, uh, yeah, we had a good time and, uh, you know, just kind of enjoyed the moment.
0: It's a, a wonderful moment in any prospect's career. But if you go back even a few years before that, like, hockey was on your radar, then it fell off your radar, and you kind of fell in love with it again.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, earlier on in my my young hockey career, I was probably, I don't know, six when I started playing as, like, a Timbet or whatever, like <laughs> yep. a little mini players skating around. Don't know what I'm doing out there, but just trying to have fun. And then kind of just played just because everyone else did and kind of – Lost the love of it around 10 or 11 ish in that, that range. There, took a year off to do snowboarding. Came back, decided I wanted to be a goalie. Tried it out and just kind of fell back in love with it. And, uh, you know, the rest is history from there. <laughs>
0: why, uh, I'm sorry, Amanda, why did you fall out of love with it and what grabbed you? And were you a skater and then you
2: turned to fall in love? Yeah, with it? yeah. So, position? so, when I stopped playing, I was, uh, Forward slash defenseman. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Run the gamut there. <laughs> yeah. Uh I can't even remember. And then uh yeah, so I think I fell out of love with it because I wasn't in very good shape when I was a kid and I didn't like skating that much. But, okay. you know, as I got older I uh I started to take better care <laughs> of my fitness and then uh you know, I, I guess goaltending was just something that came naturally to me. So, you know, that was that was one of those things I just enjoyed to do, and I seemed to have a knack for it. So uh, as I climbed the levels, I just kind of, uh, you know, challenged myself, and uh, I guess I got in a little <laughs> bit better shape, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to like, uh, you know, ice cream, pizza, mm-hmm. and soda, and all that. Still do, but so, I just, you know, take it easy with don't, that. <laughs> don't indulge yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. When, yeah. You,
1: when you took a year off and you said you went you went snowboarding um, yeah. <laughs> and then you came back what made you decide to try like what was that decision like okay I'm going to try hockey again but at the goaltender position
2: uh i think it was like the first game i wasn't even going to be a goalie but the first game of the year i think something like that I, it's a little fuzzy the exact details but our goaltender got hurt or quit or something cuz it was just low yeah, level yeah And I was like, I'll strap him on. I'll go play, whatever. And then I did well, enjoyed it. And I was like, all right, I'll play goalie. Okay, (laughs) I'll make a career out of this. I'll make a career out of this. But, you know,
1: growing up in Thunder Bay, there are a lot of goaltenders that have, you know, NHL goaltenders that have come out of where you grew up. Yeah. What's in the water there? Uh, Lead. No, (laughs) (laughs) Ah. I I don't know. (laughs) I'm not sure.
2: (laughs) Um, because you do
1: you have a lot of people from your hometown who yeah have Matt Murray being one of them who yeah I mean NHL. there's a lot of NHL
2: players yeah. yeah yeah there's a lot of NHL players from up there for the size of our town so but yeah there's three goalies now including myself so um yeah it's pretty crazy I don't know how that happened but uh it's pretty cool <laughs> well in the stall Family as yeah. well, obviously, they're Thunder Bay boys, yeah. right? Yeah, um, growing up too, Patrick Sharp was my next door neighbor. Yeah, so oh, it was really pretty cool. Yeah, um, and then you got Robert Bertuzzo, he's mm-hmm. up there playing as well, and then Pyatts, we're playing yeah. just recently. So,
1: I know I, I when I was doing some research. I read that there's someone called Colin. I don't know how to pronounce his Zulianello.
2: name. Zulianella. So, yeah. yes, yeah.
1: A, and that he runs a goalie camp and that they call him, like, the godfather of goaltending or something <laughs> like that. And has helped <laughs> I don't was, know like, who calls
2: him the godfather <laughs> of goaltending. It's not me. But you attended his camp, right? And a lot yeah. of
1: Thunder Bay kids did as well.
2: Yeah, for sure. No, he's good. I, I skate with him back in the summer there at home uh, when I do skate. Um, he's really good. He's, he got, he gets all the little camps going for the kids there. Um, puts on a pretty good clinic for them all, you know, teaches them all the fundamentals and has guys like Carter and myself come out sometimes. So, uh, yeah, no, it's good. And he's definitely the best around there for, for, uh, you know, we're lucky like for, for being that isolated to have that kind of guy in the, the group of players we do up there is pretty, pretty special. So, uh, it's, it's pretty It's a pretty good place to to go back to in the summer.
1: What was it like growing up in Thunder Bay?
2: I thought it was pretty good. I mean, (laughs) I enjoyed it. I try to do a lot of stuff outside. I mean, I remember as a kid, I was just always riding my bike around everywhere, um, you know, playing in the the woods or whatever, like just going in the back field or the the back bush. I don't know. I just feel like, uh, you know, you get to, you know, experience nature. So, um, you know, looking back on that, I feel pretty fortunate.
1: For those who don't know, Thunder Bay is way north.
2: Not that north, it but it's pretty, it north. Feels
1: pretty north. Well, yeah. it feels pretty north. It's
0: like north of Toronto, but you've got a lot more land before you get up to uh, <laughs> yeah. up to yeah. the Arctic Circle, don't you?
2: <laughs> yeah, quite a bit. <laughs> We're not quite quite at Hudson's Bay there. <laughs> yeah.
0: So you get back into the game, kind of by circumstance, you become a goaltender. But it's still kind of fun for you. Was there a moment though when you when it clicked and you got better and better and it became apparent that you would at least have the chance to be drafted and in fact were?
2: Uh I mean when I s when I was switched to goaltender I I I mean, I got better every year I played, so you know, I'd always be one of the most improved players or get the SO Award, most improved player. I mean I guess so because like I couldn't play goalie at the start of the year. And now I can. So <laughs> I guess it's really the most Yeah, he's improved. <laughs> but uh but no, I I mean every year I kind of uh try to progress and progress and then when I played finally made the OHL and played uh my second year. It wasn't even until I saw my name on the draft sheet for for that I was like holy I can actually get drafted this year? that's pretty cool so I don't know I think I took it in stride and uh, you know I didn't it didn't really click until it even was like a month away and I was like wow it's pretty cool <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean were you you know it came to you sort of naturally in that way like oh it's pretty cool like did you have any idea of what you would do otherwise with your life I think you've told uh, me you be a fisherman, just like I an isolated know. fisherman. I don't know, but
2: <laughs> um, I i mean, when I was, I think I was 17 uh, yeah. when that was around, but no, I didn't really have a clue what else I wanted to do. I mean, I'm, I was 17 at the time and all I wanted to do was play hockey, so um, no, I think I was more of a, the type, there's, we'll cross that bridge when it comes, <laughs> you know, if that if that sort of circumstance comes along, so... I think I was all in at that point, just kind of see where it takes you. And I don't know if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. At least you had a good opportunity to try. So
1: I love the nonchalantness. <laughs> like, it's great, but I, that's probably what makes you such a good goaltender is your ability to just be natural and just take things in stride. Because I imagine when you're on the ice, you have to take things in stride.
2: Yeah, I mean, lots of times it doesn't go the way you want it to. So <laughs> you just have to kind of, you know, have a short-term memory. <laughs> It will serve you well
0: throughout uh, what we believe will be a long career. But what's the balance between having that easy come, easy go kind of attitude? And this is the National Hockey League. So you got to be on point, not only when the game's on, but in terms of your practice and so on and so forth. Is there a balance that you've had to strike? Has it been difficult? Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, earlier on um, in my pro career, I mean, I had to find a balance between – you know, not being nonchalant and finding times to be more uh, like serious and engaged in the moment. But um, I think I'm now in my fourth pro season. So I think I've done a better job as of late of being able to find the balance between letting things go, taking things in stride, and then, you know, being serious and and having that uh, extra little bit of focus when you need it. So, I've worked on that a lot over the last couple of years and I think uh you know I'm still getting better at that. So take me through your snowboarding
0: experiences. <laughs> I, I trust you've put the snowboard away for a while.
2: Yeah, well I actually retired off a broken wrist. So oh, okay. uh that's what forced me to put the board away. I was I was playing uh I had just made double A and then uh double A hockey, which is the medium level mm-hmm. in Thunder Bay. I think I was thirteen when it happened. So thirteen I was playing. Uh, took a trip to Minnesota. We there's a pretty cool snowboarding hill there. This was like in the middle of the hockey season too. So this goes to show you how serious I was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I took it's a really weekend big. snowboarding trip <laughs> during the <laughs> hockey season. So yeah, I went up there with a, my friend and my family and you know first first day we were there with maybe probably even the first hour try to get all fancy? fancy trying to take the big jumps you know yeah <laughs> and uh I, it was really icy and uh i lost an edge and i just came down on my wrist and it just broke like, like completely snap. i was holding it and looking down at my hand and my hand was over here like i was holding it like this and my hand was that's Ninety awful. degrees to the side. I was like, yeah, "That's not right. That's not." Yeah. Right. <laughs> you're, like, I, you're like, "I need that for yeah, my hockey Yeah, that doesn't too. work. <laughs> that's not the way it's supposed to work. But you know, I uh, <laughs> I got snow machine or snowmobile down to the the lodge. They uh, put like my parents drove me to the, the hospital there in the in the states. Got a cast and I had to drive five hours back home with it wiggling all the way oh up. my gosh yeah, right so, to go back home and get yeah, there yeah <laughs> yeah so that was a tough uh tough last day of snowboarding that was the last day i ever snowboarding. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. Snowboarding. retired on high <laughs> <laughs> Like literally. <Yeah. laughs>
0: what what is the if you can take us back what's it like when
2: you're on a snowboard though when you're taking some of those jumps and uh I, at the time i just thought it was it was like fun it was like free or like Just out there with your friends, going at your own pace, just, you know, kind of just enjoying it. So I don't know. I found a lot of joy in it. Um, There's a lot of risk with like injuries, obviously with wrists and bones and all that. Uh, jazz for sure. I mean, I've had a lot of injuries while I was snowboarding. I didn't even do it for that long, so <laughs> <laughs> maybe but, you right made
0: the right career choice. Uh, yeah. more time in the
2: medical ward than perhaps
0: if you stayed on that snowboard. Yeah, yeah. for
2: sure. I, I don't think it would have turned out too well if I kept going after that. So um, no, I mean that was the last time I snowboarded, but I definitely enjoyed it. And it was a social thing too. Like all of my, sure. a lot of my friends did it, and you know, it used to be one of those things where we just go for go on the weekends and just go. Go snowboarding and it was it was a lot of fun. Did you have like a Sean White look though? Like, did <laughs> the, you have like, the tuke well, on and the long flowing hair? Like, were you were you into not only the, the culture, sport but the like culture? Hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was. So what did it look I like? I bought like? in a hundred percent.
1: I mean, that's good. Like, that's yeah. a good mentality. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't oh, just did dip you? my foot in. Yeah. I jumped <laughs> in. <it>. Yeah. <laughs> so what did you have? Like the longer hair? Uh,
2: I've always kind of had longer hair till just recently. I mean, this is the shortest I've probably ever had my hair. So. Okay. Yeah, shoulder length. Should, oh yeah, definitely, really? definitely shoulders. Yeah, yeah. Wow. We have to get some we're gonna, photos. Yeah, we're
1: gonna need to find some photos. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have any? Uh, I could probably <laughs> dig some up. Yeah, we're gonna
1: need to do, provide those.
0: It, do you think that not playing hockey, hardcore, from an early age—I mean, you're playing because it was fun, and then you give it up and you yeah. come back to it—has helped you in some way?
2: It's. I feel like it's helped me and it's both helped me and kind of made it, uh, a little more difficult in both ways. Uh, one, because, you know, you have that passion, that early passion for it. So, you know, you might be a little more excited or you might be a little more hungry or you got more to prove. You're trying to chase people to catch up. So, uh, you might have a little bit extra drive or whatever, but, uh, I think the other way it might've hurt me is, uh, you know, the culture of it, what's expected of you, I kind of just fell into it. So, um, you know, what's expected of you, it took me a while to figure out exactly what it took to be like a professional hockey player. I didn't just, I wasn't like molded to that my whole life. I kind of just fell into that. So as I started playing pro and higher levels, it kind of was an adjustment every time to you know, learn what was expected of you, the lifestyle, what to do away from the rink, what to do at the rink. So I think that side of it was a little bit more difficult for me. But um, the on the ice stuff like that, I think it definitely helped because I was always hungry for it, chasing it and trying to get better.
1: With the off, uh, ice stuff was there someone in particular that kind of helped guide you or was it more just the actual experience of going through all these things because surely you must have had people giving you advice and stuff like that at the same time yeah as going yeah it.
2: um so back when i was in the minor hockey stage in thunder bay mm-hmm. curtis campbell was a coach of mine growing up he definitely helped me out big time back home um then i went to barry and and mind you i still keep in touch with curtis all nice. the time we talked after almost every single game. so. Uh, but as I went to junior, I had a goalie coach there, Mike Rosati, who helped me uh, develop myself in Barry, and then going to Albany and then Binghamton, mm-hmm. I had Scott Clementson, and then here now I have Roli. And, uh, you know, definitely going to my first pro years, I definitely uh, learned from failures. <laughs> I made a lot of mistakes, it's but okay. <laughs> uh, definitely uh, tried to learn from them. <laughs>
0: Well, you mentioned it, and I I don't know whether it would be called failures or not, but you did spend time in the ECHL. Like your your career took, I don't know if it was a step back or it was just a a reconfiguring of where you were at or whatever. How how did you view it?
2: uh, When I, that was in my second year, so that was, yeah. Um, I mean, we were struggling uh, as a team, and I was struggling individually at the time. And I took it as just a chance to kind of reset. I mean, I... I tried to take it as positively as I could I mean nobody wants to go down a level obviously because it's going backwards you want to go forwards but um I think the reason why I was able to kind of bounce back and uh and reset was was because I took it in a positive way I didn't take it as negative and go down there and sulk and, and be frustrated I, I went down there and took it as a chance to you know kind of reset my game and keep working on stuff that I need to and I think honestly looking back on it now I went down there for a little a week or two in the middle of the season and I went down again for playoffs and I think that was probably one of the best things for me or one of the best things to come out of that season was those those times I spent down there it kind of helped me you know reset and find my groove again.
0: so we're speaking with Mackenzie Blackwood who's a noted fisherman is that true (laughs) Uh, yeah, I do as best I can. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think everyone says that, right? Yeah. Whether they play golf or yeah. or you fish or you hunt, because you know the elements will get you at some point, yeah. or you know you can't win all the time. So, what's it like being out on the water? You just like, do you just
2: love it, and do you prefer to be by yourself, or are you like a? Uh, I I've had both. I mean, when I was younger, I used to go out by myself every single. Well, I, sorry, before that, I was with, would go every single day with my grandfather, and then he passed away. With, when I was pretty young and then when I was old enough to, you know, take your bowler's license, Mm -hmm. I think it was like 12, but uh, I might've even went a little before that. Who knows? Those I think this Thunder <laughs> Bay people. Yeah. Statue of limitations. <laughs> I'm just going to no say, yeah. yeah. 12 is the age where you could drive a motorized boat, but I think I was out there younger than that, paddling around on the paddle boat or whatever. But anyway, so I would, I think I would Google. How big every- was the
0: body of water, by the way? I just want people to get an idea what an 11-year-old is doing. Is it like a
2: big? <laughs> uh, it's about two miles, like a big circle that's like two miles. Wow. Okay. I would go all over the whole thing. So. Yeah,
0: so you're not just in, in a little slew. You're, no, you're, no, you're you a, could go. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah um so 11
2: year old mackenzie blackwood's (laughs) out there 12 year old
0: mackenzie blackwood
2: (laughs) going out there a couple hours a day at least i mean i would go out there every day on my own in the summertime just spend as much time as i could fishing um as i've gotten a little older you know with like training and stuff like that i haven't gone as much as i'd want to but i mean this summer i went on a pretty cool trip with a lot of my friends and then uh when we got back we still tried to continue it as much as we could because i got a couple of friends who are in uh, the same lake that i am there back home in the summer so uh you know i, I actually turned a couple of my friends into fishermen too so i'd nice. okay. like to take props for that okay, you should <laughs> yeah hey, you should yeah uh what do you fish for what was
0: the trip all about
2: uh, we we fish for basically anything that's in the lake. I mean, like we got I can yeah, yeah. Bottom bottom yeah, So, uh, in the lake that uh, we we are at most of the time in the summer, there's a like it's infested with smallmouth bass. Like, there's tons of smallmouth bass in the lake. So you just throw throw anything in there basically, and you're getting a smallmouth bass. But uh, there's also walleye or pickerel or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. them in there, pike. Perch and uh, like rock bass or whatever. There's mm-hmm. there's tons of different stuff in there, but they're harder to catch. So we we actually went out this summer and uh, on the same hook caught all the different species in <laughs> one in one time. So yeah, it was pretty cool. That was like the the craziest day. Like same thing. We're just trolling along and I got a bass, a walleye, a pike, and a perch and a rock. Bass. It was like unheard of. But yeah. uh, yeah, we went on our trip up north too. Me and uh, three of my friends, and it was a flying one. And we were going up there just for uh, pickerel and pike, and it was it was pretty cool. We went up there, and uh, we were the only people on the whole lake. Um, they drop you off, and they don't come back to get you until uh, until the time till you- it's over. Yeah. So how long were you up there? Uh, five days. Now
1: are you in like a cabin or like
2: yeah tenting or no no tenting <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah but I no mean, glamping but, yeah it's I know, not like, it's, it wasn't not the glamping type of yeah cabin that I'd want to stay <laughs> well, in well it's it's like a hunt camp or whatever they yeah, just kind of yeah. nail it t- they nail it together so uh, you have
1: like running water
2: Uh they do it's everything's all in the generator so you got to go okay, outside yeah. and pump the generator up so yeah it's got running water and lights and all that but uh, I mean it wasn't bad like by any it means must there. have been beautiful oh yeah yeah it was really cool i mean like you go up to this lake in the middle of nowhere and nobody's there so it's pretty pretty amazing but uh yeah we definitely enjoyed that i think stars yeah brilliant sky there's no lights anywhere right so it's kind of a an eerie like uh uh feeling like you go stand on the end of the dock in the middle of the night and it's like there's nothing it's crazy it's it's pretty cool how was the fishing uh lights out I mean in the in the mid-afternoon it slowed down a little bit but I think between the four of us we all caught a couple hundred fish each the whole trip so like each day we'd just be ripping them out of the ripping the mud of the water nice. one after another. Yeah, I'm it was jealous. pretty cool. Yeah. yeah.
0: By the way, I'll give you my number invite <laughs> if you need it. Well, need hopefully it's going to be an annual thing now. So <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. we will yeah. go, we'll go Amanda, you and I can go and chronicle it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah. We'll yeah. We can a, come we'll cover Fishing with Mackenzie podcast. Yeah.
1: Can we spend like this year like building a, a nicer cabin up there so that I'll just like stay at the other one. We'll have another plane fly in supplies just
0: construct something a little bit glamorous
1: yeah. um, but there are a lot of fishermen on this team that you currently play on i mean we've had a bunch of the guys on the podcast yeah, and a you, lot of guys musky re- bill <laughs> i knew i was gonna lead him into that the other day yeah. i heard i heard Mackenzie calling will butcher musky bill i was like what is going on in here so tell us why do you call will butcher musky bill
2: well the other day I saw a hat in his stall. It said "Muskie bills guide services or something like that. And I was like, dude, that's a sweet hat. I want to get one of those. And I said, where did you get it? He goes, Oh, it's mine. My brother made it for me, like because I guess he his brother he calls himself Musky Bill, so I I thought it was hilarious. I still want a hat, by the way, but uh, yeah. Apparently, back home in Wisconsin, he catches a lot of muskies in the summertime. So
1: and you want him to like take you, right? You were trying to convince him to teach you or take you. Yeah,
2: I would. I mean, I wouldn't mind going for uh, muskies. I haven't really caught uh, too many. There's not there's not that much around where I am. So uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind going to. Try that out with
1: the musky bill,
2: yeah. yeah with yeah, musky, they're, they're bill big powerful <laughs> fish, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. They'll, they'll
0: fight it's you. funny.
1: We've talked so much fishing, and like guys will come on, they'll be like, Oh, I caught this. I'm like, mm. I like no. to <laughs> me, I have no, like, I don't even know. Like, who was it that caught like the 400 pound tuna?
2: Oh, Miles, yeah, Miles, yeah, he's, yeah. A big, he's a big tuna fisherman, that guy, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Well, that's yeah. part of what this podcast is about is to get some, uh things that you don't necessarily know about a player out, <laughs> yeah. out in the open. So what was that debut like for you? I, want, I want to talk about the NHL debut. Last We've, year? Yeah, tell yeah. me about it, man.
2: Uh, which one? The one in Columbus or the one against Toronto where I played the third period? Well, that was, <laughs> that you know, that was your welcome
0: to the NHL. Yeah. But either one, talk about both.
2: Well, the first one, I didn't know I was going to play. It just kind of happened. I went in in the third period and I was like, oh. Okay, here we go. <laughs> who told you? Like, who came up uh, to tell you? Well, it came in between periods, yeah, and they were yeah. like, oh, you're going in for the third. And I was like, I'm going in for the third. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I didn't really have too much time to to get ready for that one, so I just kind of went in there and played. And uh, it was all right. It was pretty f- – I mean, it was fun, but uh, we lost that game pretty bad. But uh, I think I played the next game in Columbus, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason, I wasn't, like, nervous going into the game or the day of the game or before the game, I wasn't nervous until I like started to get on the ice. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Like I'm actually pretty nervous now. <laughs> like yeah, the whole day I was all good. The warm ups, like put my gear on all good. Then I actually got out on the ice and I was like, okay, there they are. There's the nerves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They snuck up on me now, but, uh, <laughs> No, I managed to keep him under control, and that was a good game. I had a lot of fun, and uh, I think the next two after that, or three, or whatever after that, turned out to be pretty good too. So, uh, yeah, it was a good start. Yeah. What was, yeah, it was,
0: what nice was the little score roll.
1: in the Columbus game?
2: I think we lost two one.
1: Okay, so I have like terrible memory for these things, but can you hear that cannon when it goes off?
2: I think I was the so col- like, like. Just dialed in or whatever that I didn't even know they had a cannon until the next time we went back there. (laughs) Now I (laughs) yeah oh
0: yeah I
1: hate that cannon
0: yeah and it's louder up by us in the press box uh, because that's where uh, the noise actually emanates from. The cannon's kind of in the corner, so down below I don't think it's as loud. But man. (laughs) you watch people jump it's pretty funny you, you prepare yeah. yourself it's coming here they're going to take mm-hmm. the ice it's going to go and then you just forget him bam yeah. okay so it, good to pre- know
1: that you don't hear it down there yeah. as much so, as much. so
0: yeah. were those your welcome to the NHL moments or was there kind of a funny one that you're like okay this you know here i am, uh, who, am I, who did i just stop I or i won't say funny that that's is. not that's not the right word but yeah. some guy you stopped or building you played and said wow here well, I am. maybe toronto uh it's,
2: the first well, the, obviously the Columbus game was huge. I mean, Bobrovsky was one of my favorite goalies to watch and playing against him in my first start was pretty cool. Uh, I think I think the first win, though, in Boston, that was the coolest one because I don't know if I, I – I think I told you that Curtis Campbell, my coach growing up, yeah, and we still stay in touch often. Like, that was his favorite team growing up, so I brought him down to that game. Oh, nice. And I got my first win against his favorite team, so that was kind of – A little bit of irony I don't know it's pretty cool but that was my moment where I was like oh this is pretty cool that was the special moment for me
1: where you get like hungry for those wins after that in a different level I imagine yeah
2: yeah that was my uh, kind of just enjoying the moment kind of that was the time where I was like wow this is pretty cool this is special
1: so a moment that got caught on camera was in Calgary when you went for the water bottle yeah What, what happened there <laughs> I, I uh, <laughs> you know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh yeah.
2: Right? <laughs> I feel yeah.
0: like I, I, feel like, nice I,
1: feel like I don't even need myself. to describe it, yeah. but I felt like I had to ask because yeah. people would be like, yeah. "Why did you ask? Like what happened?" There?
2: <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people think that someone on the team unscrewed the cap a little bit. <laughs> but no, I I usually just well, last year and before that and all that or whatever, I would just squeeze the crap out of the bottles too hard and the lids would just pop off all the time. So I don't know i wasn't thinking i just went in there thirsty just squeezed the crap out of the bottle and the lid just popped off and salty like electrolyte packed, like they, oh. they, they put electrolytes sodium like all that in there all over my face in my eyes it was just terrible <laughs> and after that everyone was coming up to me like the trainers and stuff were like you can't squeeze the bottle that hard <laughs> you have to be gentle
1: <laughs> um one of the, speaking of water bottles i mean we've talked about this before in the locker room but you don't keep a water bottle on your net you always throw it off and you told me the story why but can you enlighten people because people do ask me all the time why doesn't Mackenzie ever like he always throws his bottle to the bench so what's that about
2: uh one i don't think i need to take a sip every time the whistle stops or whatever so i don't need it two I never want someone to shoot my water bottle off my net and explode it. That happened to me before, and I've seen other. it happen to other people where a guy will make a great shot and just blow the water bottle off your net, and I don't want to be on their seat at the end of that <laughs> and cleaning it up behind the net. No, none of that. So just <laughs> I just don't it. don't have it. <laughs> Taking care of this. Yeah.
0: We spent about a half hour. We won't take too much more of your time. But the goaltender position in so many ways – is a unique position. You can be a center, but there are four on a team. Or maybe five, but four are going to play, if you know what I mean. you got 12 forwards and six defenders. There's one goalie who's going to get the bulk of the work. Lately, you've been getting the bulk of the work. What's that transition like? I don't think John or Ray have come out and said, Kenzie Blackwood's our number one. But by their decisions, at least at this point, you've become the guy they're leaning on. Yet you've got a relationship with Corey Schneider and... You can't feel sorry for anybody in this game, but what's what's that like when you have to grab it knowing that it's at someone else's expense, which doesn't necessarily happen for a skater because other roles can be found for other guys.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, I haven't really thought about it too much in terms of of that. I mean, I just see my name or I get told I'm playing and I play. Uh, I haven't tried to like read into it too much because I know things change quickly and stuff happens fast but um you know every time I get called on to play I just try and do the best job I can and give the team the best chance to win that I can so um yeah I mean I've played a lot more uh to start this season than I have almost ever in my career so um you know that's a bit of an adjustment for me but not in a bad way but uh yeah you know um I think I'm just going to approach it the same way. Uh, not overanalyze it, not overthink it, but, you know, whenever you play or, and expect to play often, that, uh, you know, you have to be ready to go and, and give the team the best chance you can to win.
1: So, as we wrap up, we ask guys the exact same question. As this we is wrap, the big one. You ready? This is the big one. Brace yourself. <clears throat> Matt and I, and I started the same way, Matt and I sit at the front of the plane. All you guys are in the back of the plane. And we want to know, what does Mackenzie Blackwood do on the plane? We found out that Nico's a sleeper. Jesper's really bored because he sits next to Nico. Mm-hmm. Wayne likes to play cards. What does Mackenzie Blackwood do?
2: Eat. <laughs> yeah, eat. eat? Eat. I don't know. Like, do you
1: listen to podcasts? Do you read? I mean, do you watch uh, movies? Like, what? what... What's your...
2: Uh, I mean, I would watch movies, but often I forget to download them or whatever. So, Sounds about right. <laughs> um, that hasn't happened too much. Most of the time, I just play like or just eat. I don't know. I'm bored, so I just eat. <laughs> <laughs> Who, do you Who, do you yeah. Who do you sit with? I sit with uh, Boki.
1: Oh, so does he talk at all? Uh, a little, he bit. Yeah, a little he's, bit. He's
2: been downloading movies lately, so he's been pretty uh into those but uh no i think it's it's a good seatmate he's a good seatmate for sure window aisle what's the situation window. your window yeah me window, too yeah do you
1: like the to to be able to lean on the window that's my well i guess it's a little far
2: on our it plan, is a little far yeah um i just like seeing out the window you know yeah. i like to be able to you know scout out there touch area. base yeah. with yeah. the ground <laughs> yeah yeah
1: so really you just you're just sitting just there
2: eating eat and Sleep, I guess. I don't know. I get. You sound l- like, I like a to, really fun mate I like to get a lot of blankets on there and oh, just okay. like load it up. But uh, do you go for the pillows? Like, are you like not no? the pillows? No, just the blankets. Okay. And uh, I like to get out of my suit as quick as I can. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: Do so you go like the sweatpants kind of I, thing?
2: Uh, no. Oh, are you just,
1: allowed to do that? Are you allowed to put sweatpants on?
2: I just do shorts. Oh, shorts. Okay. Shorts. Uh, shorts and uh, no shirt but that's why I get the <laughs> that's blankets. Why you that's you why, why I have like all the blankets. <laughs> yeah.
0: well, you know, at 6'4 and 200 and whatever pounds, you got a lot of land mass to cover with those That's why blankets. I get a lot of them. <laughs> that's exactly. why we have no
1: blankets up there, Matty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kenzie's hoarding exactly. them in the
0: back. <laughs> and we'll just say as we thank you for your time, ask Jesper to... Share. Yeah, can't you like share like, share like share like
1: th- earplugs to like watch his videos with his movies? Or are they in
0: Swedish?
2: Uh I think he's been recently watched them in English, but okay, but he does know. listen to Swedish music, so I cannot share with him there. Okay.
0: <laughs> but if you forget to download a movie, maybe you can share. Yeah. yeah. Saying, I just have
2: to be a little more prepared. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Mackenzie, thanks very much for your time and continued success here with New Jersey. Thank you. <laughs> Well, I think we found out that uh Mackenzie has a different approach on things right He's a snowboarder, at least he was. He likes to fish, and I think that kind of chill attitude probably serves him well between the posts yeah, I mean, you see it on the ice too, right? just the
1: way he does compose himself after a fluster around the net it's it's kind of I guess we now know it's just in his genes it's just how he he is as yeah. a human being, right sometimes like a guy on the ice is not particularly the same off the ice, but I think McKenzie just is who he is. Yeah.
0: And uh, in a second full year and then, well, really first full year, yeah. but second go around in the league and, and, and doing a nice job for the devil. So let's get, go ahead.
1: I, I was just going to say, when you asked him that question about Corey Schneider, I think knowing the way McKenzie is, I almost felt in a way that he he's almost uncomfortable to answer that because he has so much respect for Corey schneider and they are close and they do sit next to each other in the locker room i mean did you sense that a little, like no, I, I, no question yeah. and look um, and i understood the, the way he approached the answer yeah, yeah.
0: yeah i mean there's there's no doubt that um a young kid early in his career is not going to go out and plant his flag yeah. and say this is mine veteran yeah. out of the way that's not what i meant by asking it but that's what's happened. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are players, for instance, Wayne Simmons has moved down to a fourth line well, yep. That's kind of the way it goes. But he still plays. Yeah. He gets first power play time.
1: It's different because it's there's different only goal. one goaltender. Yeah, there, There's only there one goaltender on the ice.
0: And, yeah. b- by the way, going back to the start of our show, those are the guys who sit side by side. Yes. <laughs> Corey Schneider In and the locker room. Blackwood.
1: So, Corey's very good. He's a, he's a smart dude, that yeah, uh, Corey Schneider.
0: So, yeah. let's wrap it up on this note. Okay. What would it take? I would gladly go along (laughs) on that uh fishing trip it doesn't matter the the uh accommodations were five star but they seem pretty good what would it take for you to say okay i can do this go up to the middle of nowhere for five days five days is a long it is a long time it's a long time you had running water Uh, though what okay i mean those are kind of basics right
1: i mean it's probably hot right
0: I would think summertime. I'm gonna yeah. need
1: air conditioning.
0: Well, that's gonna be a problem. <laughs> Already, right, like, right off the bat. Ge- can I we settle do... for a fan that we might use oh, off a generator?
1: It's still, like sticky. I might as like a jump in the lake. Yep. Um, I mean air conditioning. Like I don't want like a um like an air mattress. Or no, anything. it's gotta be full I need, like, on a real full bed. That's or not like, like a thirty-six hundred count, fifty-two <laughs> hundred <laughs> count Egyptian <laughs> sheets. Egyptian cotton. Um. Yeah, I mean, air conditioning would be the big one for me. Okay. And, like, yeah.
0: All right. So
1: And, like, maybe, like, a car to get out of there when I I don't want to be there anymore.
0: So what we're saying is it's probably not (laughs) going to happen.
1: You know what, though? I would do it. I'm a, a member of this team. I, you know, I take one for the team. I'm happy to do it. And if Mackenzie ever invites you and I to this fishing trip, I will gladly just... Put on my boots. There we go. And I will try it, and I will cry
0: the whole way through. (laughs) You can sit in some ice, and we'll put a fan on you, and you can make believe this is nice air conditioning (laughs) that's working in the great outdoors in Canada. Anyway, thanks to our guest, Mackenzie Blackwood. Uh, Amanda, always fun. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week, Matthew. On the official Devils podcast. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye-bye.